All right, people. How's it going? My name is Dr. Shornell Wolverton Sihon. This is The Truth Matters on True TV, and we're really excited. Craig and I are here to get, to get together today. Trying to put that together. How are you doing, Craig? I'm very gay, thank you. <laughs> we are having a little bit of technical issues waiting for Barbara, who is our special guest here today. But while we are waiting for her to get here, I just want to remind everyone about our members meeting that is coming up. Let me look at the date. This month, we have uh, September 24th, we have Ashley Moore. Okay, you guys, this girl, I've always been a little bit weary, and maybe you too, Craig, about getting like online readings, <coughs> like prophetic readings. Mm -hmm. And um, because, you know, anyone can Google and like see, you know, whatever, and then they just like say like whatever they want to say because they read it on the internet. But this lady, I went to New Orleans, walked downtown to Jackson Street. She had a little like um, TV table set up in the middle of the square there. Didn't even ask my name and did a prophetic reading. And I was like, like Bob Jones level kind of stuff, like Kim Clement level stuff, like accurate, uh, knew my job, knew how many kids I had, uh, knew what was going on with my kids, knew some things that were going on with my job uh very 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 detailed specifics um since then she has also done readings for two of my children several of my very best friends and everyone that she has done this with they have all been like just jaw on the floor this level of um gifting that this woman carries and the purity in her heart and she has agreed to do a members meeting with us so we're doing that on the 24th and she's just going to minister to anyone who is one of our, you know, our member group um, mm -hmm. individually. So that is something, um, if you're not a member, you can get the um, link here and it should be in the details. Um, oh, there's Barbara. So I just want to remind everybody about that. Also just get on the newsletter. Um, please help us with the algorithm, you know, liking, sharing, all of that stuff. Let me bring Barbara on. I'm really excited about this. Me too. Hi. Hey, Hi, hey, nice to meet you both. So you. great. So, so great. So I was just doing a, a little bit of announcements um, real quick, and I think I'm actually going to pop us up on Facebook. Uh, let me do that, see if I can still do that. So this goes out. I don't usually put it on Facebook, but I think I'm going to do that today. So welcome to the show, Barbara. Nice to be here. I have your books. Oh, really? thank you. I just want to give a shout out to this. I have finished this one and uh, I've talked to you about it, Barbara. There's so many things that are similar in our journey, um, separate but together. And I am just like floored over some of the things that you said in here because I can totally resonate. I have not started this one yet. I just got it and it's a little bit thicker, um, but I'm going on a trip on Saturday and this is what I'm bringing on my airplane ride. So thank you for this beautiful content and your work. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and um, let's go. Gosh, beginning very, very young, uh, between the ages of four and five, um, my parents had uh, best friends that lived across the street from us. And back in the 60s, um, you're probably both way too young for this, but they experimented with a lot of fertility drugs for women and they're, it, it, with disastrous results. Um, the women got pregnant, but the babies were um, experienced a lot of problems. <clears throat> and our best friends had a little girl uh, after trying several times to get pregnant with their third child. Um, they got pregnant with a little girl named Judy, who was after two months diagnosed with um, incurable cancer. And um, a lot went on from the age of uh, her being born into the age of two, but she uh, was in the hospital and they told their parents to go home and you know that they would do the best they could, but they didn't feel like she would survive another 24 hours, just go home and get rest. And, and that night they um, followed the advice of some uh, fundamentalist friends, some evangelical friends, and told her that it was God's will. 
and that he would, um, if he wanted to, he would he would cure her. And the next day, wait, wait, wait. that if God wanted to, that he would I, cure her. Okay. And so the next day, they went um, they went up to the hospital, and she, to their surprise, was uh, surrounded by a, a whole team of doctors and nurses, and she was sitting up, and the, the swelling had gone down, and she was completely healed of terminal cancer. And um, one of the things that I that I write about is that when the miraculous happens, you know, it tends to validate whatever system of belief you find yourself in at the time. So all of the garbage um, was, you know, acquiesced into a belief system, you know, belief in a torturous God and of hell and of separation and damnation and being away from my family at the rapture and not behaving according to, you know, the specifications outlined by the church and so on and so forth. So that, you know, Judy's healing was what, started my family down the the rabbit hole so to speak um and then from there it was you know i was confirmed in my lutheran church uh, we went to youth for christ um, which was charismatic fundamentalist two home churches a week um numerous um gosh meetings and retreats and and uh we just were immersed um up until the age of 15 then I, I kind of stopped going for a few years, but then married and babies and back in the church I went and landed in a, a spirit-filled Methodist church where I became, um, I was in leadership. I, I became an exorcist and dealt with deliverance ministry for oh. about eight years. Um, and one day I just said, you know, this, uh, this doesn't make any sense anymore you know, deliverance kind of stopped working the way that it was working. And, you know, so many friends were sick and, you know, getting bad diagnoses. And I just thought, you know, this doesn't seem like it's the abundant life. And I, I had a lot of questions, especially about what it meant to be saved. And um, I just left. Uh, you know, I just, I just turned my back on it all. And, and you know, I'm just going to forget everything that I learned and whatever is meant to come back to me will. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is meant for me to embrace and to run with, it'll come back. And so I walked away from it. And um, of course that was a process, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but that's basically where I've been is in a place of searching and reading and, um, you know, just loving life and being free from all of the dogmatic control systems and 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 crap. <laughs> I'm a mother of three, a grandmother of eleven, and wow. life. Yeah. Wow! 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 That's an expensive Christmas, then. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Well, where where do we start? I mean, the 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 topic is. Um, the mystical in metaphors. So, I mean, I love all things mystical, all things kind of, well, we talk about it a lot, don't we, Sean? A higher consciousness, um, because there's something exponential happening globally and has been for several years now. And, um, <clears throat> you know, as you probably know, Sean, I was in ministry. I mean, I was much like yourself, born and raised in, in the church, in very sort of evangelical, Pentecostal circles. So I know it all. And I don't, I don't regret that at all. I mean, I have extremely fond memories of it all. I'm, I mean, I met amazing people, but it has its problems. And much like you, we, we had to leave to, to find the truth. Right. Um, and, and my uh, experience very much similar to yours is, is when you do that, some like, it's like a switch switches on and like your, your mind, your consciousness just goes kaboom. Um, when you make that decision, I'm not going to sit under that canopy anymore. Right. So, so what happened with you from then on? I mean, I mean, did you start having kind of like um, just downloads, or, or what kind of what happened with, with you after that time when you left? Well, I was in the last several years in church. I was a, I was always a seeker. 
and we started experiencing things uh, within the deliverance ministry that now I would categorize as shamanic healing. Mm -hmm. And um, back then, you know, nobody understood it, you know, least of all us. Um, but we were told to stop it. <laughs> and I, we couldn't. Every time we would um, go into a deliverance session, these um, shamanic type manifestations would happen and people were, were being healed in a different way than traditional deliverance. And so I really wanted to explore that more. And if you put yourself under the covering of a pastor, you can only go as far as that covering extends um, by grace. And, um, and I, I, you know, I probably caused a lot of disturbance um, just for asking the questions and, and seeking beyond, you know, where anyone, you know, in my church had gone. Um, but, you know, I, I really wanted, because we're programmed to proselytize, I really wanted my friends to come with me, you know, oh. and, and within the church structure, that's, that's not a good thing to do. And, um, we have a, we have a feral hog problem out here in Texas and we set traps for the hogs because they just tear up the whole yard and, and uh, one day we caught a buck um, inside the, the cage and it beat itself up trying to get out, you know, and it was, I think a 10 point buck. So it was rather large to stand up in a three foot tall cage and bloodied himself really bad before we got him out. And I had this experience. Um, my husband opened the far side of the pen and I was supposed to go to the other side and scare him. And it, but instead we locked eyes. And I was, I was less than, gosh, maybe 12, 14 inches from his eyes. And I told him, I said, you know, you're okay. You, you're, you're, you need to stop. You need to just, and his, there's blood profusely coming out of his sinus cavities and his nose. And, and um, I said, all you have to do is turn around and, and go out the open door. You're free. And when I said that, the buck, put his head down and turned himself around and ran out the gate. And that's what happened to me. You know, I beat myself up trying to bring people to a place that they weren't ready to go. And um, all I had to do was walk away. And so even though I loved deeply and was really hurt by, um, you know, by what they did, you know, there was a time in my walk where I rejected people that were exploring outside of the of the hog trap too right so you know it's all good I, you know i'm a i'm a proponent and, and a believer that you know we can't get this wrong we we can't get this wrong there is no um parameters we are just um down here banging it out on the earth and doing the best we can and learning what we can and and we're not going to miss out on anything so it's been a really good, um, at first it was painful, but it's been a really good journal journey so far. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be where I am and, and, um, and meeting awesome people like y'all and people that are like-minded and share, you know, there's nothing like validation. You know, when I first started experiencing this in the late nineties and sharing things like, you know, oneness and, you know, programming our DNA and, you know, just all sorts of weird stuff. Like I had a lot of strange looks and not a lot of understanding and there wasn't anyone to talk to. Um, mm -hmm. And the word deconstruction wasn't even out there yet. I didn't, right. I didn't know what was happening to me. I just knew that it was a place that I had to walk and that it was the feeling that was coming was so, oh, wonderful, peaceful, joyful. Um, just knowing to relate to God in a way that wasn't, um, that he wasn't this big meanie, you know, up in, up in the sky somewhere waiting to punish me, that he was inside of me, one with, and enjoying the experience of being human right along with me. Well, I can attest to so many things that you're saying, and I know Craig can too. Um, I, I had a, two things that come to mind. Is Number one, when we announced that you were going to be on the show, um, I had someone that I haven't even spoken to in 
almost a, more than a decade, maybe longer, who just out of the woodwork, you know, sent me this strong warning, you know, and it was very concerned for me and all, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it wasn't public, it was private, which I, I, I do appreciate that it wasn't a public thing because I've had that happen too, where people just blast shit on the internet or whatever and tag me. Um, but at the same time, I was just like, I still, I, I still look at the Bible. I read, you know, the Bible and I look at it differently as quantum physics type stuff. And I know that it's been pieced and translated weird and stuff is missing and things have been added. So, you know, I take all of that, but also there is very, there's a lot of power in it. And I always go back to Matthew 8, 18, which says, if your brother sins against you, and sin just means if your brother is less than love or less than making the target, then you're supposed to go to them and talk to them privately. And then if that doesn't work, you get a couple other people. And if that doesn't work, you get a group of people and that doesn't work. You know, you may have to part ways. But the key is brother, that there's a relationship. And um, so to have someone who I haven't spoken to in almost 20 years reach out and be like, correcting me and you know giving me a strong warning about my life when you don't even have five seconds of what's going on with me at all and haven't even asked and and then judging you so there was like judgment with me judgment with you but i also get the program is there's just this like strong program in the church of everyone has to think the way you do or you're out like it's the there's not unconditional love that they talk about at least for the majority and and i don't want to say a blanket of like all church and all christian because that's not fair um but in my experience there is a lot of programming of trying to get other people to think like you do everything that you do and if you don't then you're bad you're out you're ostracized just like when i started leaving you know, and people will say, well, who's your covering and, you know, like all that kind of stuff, because I have stepped out and started doing home meetings and home conferences that weren't in the church. And I got the side looks too. And, you know, people were like, well, are you leaving the ministry? And even when I start, went back to school to be an ND, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this witchcraft stuff and the oils. And why were you doing the health stuff? And, you know, why don't you just do the pills and I can't wait till you come back to ministry. So that comes to mind. The other thing that comes to mind is I happened to be like flipping through channels and um, this show came up this week and the show was like where they just match, like there's some kind of matching of couples. And this woman had been matched with this guy and she wanted a godly man and, you know, prayed for this. And like, you know, I think the dude that they hooked her up with was also a pastor's kid and blah, blah, blah. Well, this dude was, you know, cheating on her the whole time. He got another lady pregnant while they just started. They were on their honeymoon and they find out this other lady's pregnant, six weeks pregnant, which means while they were together, he was cheating, like all this stuff. And this guy was abusive. This guy was narcissistic, like all of this stuff. But every time she would come back and meet with the pastors and all of that, they were insisting that she stay, not talk about it, you know, cover him, um, even though there was clear abuse and no love whatsoever. And she just kept saying, like, I feel like God wouldn't want me to, you know, la 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 and, you know, the covenant and I spoke vows and, you know, there's that too, where you know, there's a lot. And I went through that with my first marriage where people just insisted, um, you know, go back to your husband or whatever, when, you know, we had police and like abuse and definite no marriage. Like there was nothing about that marriage that was a marriage. Um, so that's kind of like triggering to me <laughs> a little bit. Um, you know, some of the rules and some of the, you know, that this woman would not leave and felt guilty and was guilted into staying because of God. Again, like God was used in this negative way um, to get people to stay on the straight and narrow and to do what everyone else wanted them to do. And, you know, she stayed for a while and she had more consequences and more consequences and eventually she left. But it's like that, that too. And I don't know if you guys want to speak into either of those things, but 
let's go. <laughs> yeah, very damn, just very damaging to women in that situation. And, and um, you know, I like you, uh, I was told that I couldn't, I couldn't pray without a covering. Oh. I was told that I couldn't, because I was having a meeting in my home and uh, they called me and one woman came to me, um, had lunch with me and told me, well, you know, Matthew 818, if, you know, if, if your brother sins, then, you know, you have to correct them. And I'm here to tell you, you can't pray without a covering. And I said, how did I sin? You know, how did I sin? How, how can you tell me that I, you know, that I can't pray and that it's a sin to pray? It's just crazy the way that people believe. And it's, it's years of programming and indoctrination that carve very deep furrows in our neural pathways. And it takes a lot to jump those tracks right. and to come away from that control. It takes a lot. And, and people are very brave that are leaving and that are deconstructing. They're very brave. Yeah. And I, I give people a lot of credit for doing that. Right. I don't know. What about you, Craig? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I, it might be different. I mean, you know, I, I was quite young. I mean, um, you know, obviously grew up in church. Um, and I actually got a job that was uh, shift practice. I actually couldn't go to church, uh, even if I tried. And the whole time I was there, um, I felt like I should. And as soon as I left that job, uh, I went back to church. It was just like a huge no, get out. <laughs> right. Um, I, I was blessed, actually, because my, my, uh, my dad tried church he just could never get along with it he always thought there was something wrong with him but there was something <laughs> right with him and um, there was something in him that says i can't sit under this i can't do it i just i, I love jesus i love god but i cannot be a part of this system so i've grown up with that as a as a as a dad you know and i get it now and i think he gets it a bit more now as well um but i, I was just thinking when you were talking then um you know we're talking about um the mystical in metaphors. I've been thinking about that quite a lot. And and so much kind of fundamental belief comes from a, a very shallow understanding of the sacred texts. Mm -hmm. um, there Absolutely. is so much depth, so much. Basically, the, the way I see it, um, Barbara and Charlotte, you know, the Hebrew language, for example, is an extremely multifaceted, multidimensional language one hebrew letter can paint a whole story so you put several letters together you've got multiple levels of, of revelation of, of understanding and mm -hmm. and you talk to a fundamentalist they'll say the king james version is a word-for-word -word translation of the original text it's literally impossible to have a word-for-word -word translation of a hebrew language into the english language it's impossible you can't do it so there's the you know I think the English translations have, have captured an aspect of what the original scriptures, scriptures were saying, but there is so much more understanding. And I think what's happening as human consciousness is expanding, we're beginning to see these metaphorical truths because like pictures paint a thousand, is it that saying a picture can paint a thousand words? So mm -hmm. a lot of these, these translations were very pictorial, metaphorical, um, to convey a, a more than human concept, let's put it that way. And I think what's happening is people like ourselves, we're tapping into this and it's causing chaos for the religious establishment because they're trapped in this three-dimensional way of thinking and they think they've got it all. And we're beginning to see things that are, I don't use the word higher because this isn't an elitist thing at all, but they, they're deeper truth, deeper is a better word. Um, and Barbara, I, I follow your posts and I have them for quite a while um, and I love them. I, I don't always comment, I sit back. Um, but you've got such an understanding of these higher concepts. And my experience is I've actually come out of the church. I've dabbled in, you know, the disclosure world, the new age community. I've looked into Buddhism um, and they're all saying the same thing. And it's in the Bible, what, what all these people are saying, if you understand where the Bible's coming from. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously, I'll confess, I have not read your books. They are on my list to get. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, what have you got? Have you got any insights into that, sort of any addition? Sort of? As a matter of fact, um, 
I hadn't I hadn't planned on being on my phone. I had to use my phone to download, and now it's losing power, so I have to. Quick. <laughs> okay. Been there. <laughs> one of the one of the things that um, you know you were talking about that each letter in the Bible has a uh, a, a numerical value. Gematria is an incredible um, study. I've got a really good friend that that um, that's his life's work is is Gematria. Um, so does Greg Braden. Y'all familiar with Greg Braden? Love Greg Braden. Yep. So he says the numerical value value that is on every single um, piece of DNA is um, says God within the body, God within the body, God within the body. And what? It's, yeah, it's so true. You know, it, it's it's this thing. There is so much to learn out there. There's so much we can expand into. And I'm telling you, I have a high school diploma. I did, I did hair for a living and makeup, and I've watched grandbabies. And I've, I've worked in various other jobs um, with administration and things, but I don't have a degree in this stuff. But you know what happens when you begin to search and when you begin to open and when you begin to deconstruct and deprogram is you open a channel that is divine between you and all that is i'm not even going to say god between you and all that is and you know when i started to let go of the fear and the condemnation and the judgment you know something happens within us our own personal frequency becomes a match to incoming information you know if we're going to sit in a bunch of negativity and judgment and fear guess what we are incongruent for incoming energy messages, whatever you want to call it, from the divine, from paradimensional beings, from angels, messengers, whatever you want to call them. But the moment that we begin to escalate in our own understanding, boom, just like that, incoming energy, incoming messages, incoming information is easy. And you can just sit and ask a question and the answers come. So it's yeah. not like you need, you know, multiple PhDs in, 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 you know, trying to understand different languages that, that the Bible and other, you know, scriptures are written in. You know, this is our story that's been recorded in the, the myths and in scripture. This is the story of the burgeoning Christ that has come into humanity. You know, that our DNA was penetrated by the divine. We are married. We are the virgin that said at some level, here I am. Let it be unto me as you have spoken. And our DNA has been penetrated by something mysterious and divine. It is, the, it is the stuff of God's that has looked for a helpmate to join in this ooh, divergence into a slowed down material water-filled world. And it is gathering as much as, you know, experience as it can through us. And the story of Jesus is not unique. I mean, I'm sitting here, you know, beginning to, to look into a book you know, the world's 16 crucified saviors. 16 wow. have the same story. And the reason they have the same story is not because of what Justin Martyr said. Justin Martyr said um, that these um, deities, these, these, these um, people that claim to be Christ or that had the same experiences and the same words as Jesus, committed plagiarism by anticipation. What? <laughs> no, it's because our story is recorded in all of these religions and all of these myths and all of these circumstances. So we don't miss it. You know, right now we are coming up and coming out of the dark ages. You know, we're in, we're, we were in the dark ages from, let me see, what did I write down? for 900 years until the 1400s and now we're in the bronze age and time is not linear it's cyclical it right. goes around and so we were at one time immortal methuselah 969 years old adam 940 something we were but before they hit their deathbed the times prior to them they were immortal we didn't need food we didn't <laughs> we were able to survive just by being in the in the presence of um, one another in in the presence of the divine nature but then we're slowly lowered into um this thick dense water-filled world and we experience the downside 
or the baptism into being totally human, corrupt, without light, which is part of our syllabus, part of the education of the great I am and necessary for us to continue our journey. So, you know, these stories, these mysteries are encoded in our rituals. Just like, you know, I just mentioned baptism, holding our divine breath while we're under the waters, but one day resurrecting. And we're on our way now up and out of the waters. The great year takes approximately 24,000 years to complete. Just like the, you know, the, the earth spins and we go to sleep and then we awaken. Just like the seasons take 365 years, year, days a year, we go into summer and then into winter. The same thing, 24,000 years, we tend to be dumbed down and then we are enlightened. So we're experiencing this incredible baptism into darkness and it's necessary. Just like communion, the broken bread, Jesus said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. He was immortal, but he broke his immortal status, becoming human flesh and blood and was swallowed into death. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. Who? Christ, you. You know, do go ahead and do the ritual until you remember who and what you are. This is your story. This is our story. Didn't happen to one man, it happens to all mankind. And it's the best story and the greatest story ever told. And it's ours. It's ours. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. We have a couple of people who are uh, asking questions here. DB Mom, she is saying um, on Geomatria, how do you say it? Gematria. Gematria. Can she explain how the same number can say different things that can contradict each other? I'm not familiar with that. I think that each each letter has its own. Now, if you're looking at English, I think you have to go back to the original language. English, I mean, the letter J wasn't even in use until the 1500s. There's so much that you can find <laughs> error with if you're looking at it from an English translation. It would it would have to go back to the original language, Craig. I don't know if you can add anything to that, but that's my understanding. No, that that's my, yeah, that's how I understand it as well. Like you say, it's um, it just goes back to um, the, the original language. And again, what what we need to remember as well is the consciousness of the ancients was was far far superior to where we have found ourselves today. Um, like you say, you talk about the great year. Um, I think I've heard somewhere that 2012 was kind of like the demarcation point of a, of a reset, of a, the, the, a new cycle began. And since then, there's been this sort of like consciousness, energetic explosion, and it's kind of like had an effect on us all, which is kind of why we're having this conversation today, you know. Um, so, yeah, again, you got to think when these texts were written, you know, they, humanity was in a completely different place cosmically. Uh, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, um, and it's it's understanding where they're writing from, um, which again, you know, as I said before, the Hebrew language, I mean, you have the Chinese language, you have many different languages that were pictorial in nature because there wasn't a way in human form to uh, communicate what they knew and understood. So they would write pictures like Egyptian hieroglyphs and cuneiform right. tablets and things like that, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, so, this is why metaphor, people think if it's not three-dimensional, then it's not real. But it's, then those same people will say, oh, but the, the unseen is more real than the seen. And that's the tapping into this eternal reality and truth that the unseen is a more real existence than this three-dimensional reality. In fact, this is a shadow of the unseen world, but we've been programmed to think it's the other way around. Um, that this is real and whatever happens in the unseen is kind of just irrelevant or, or you know, we get to dabble with it, but this is what's real. No, the opposite is true. What what we see with our five physical or experience with our five physical senses is um, is a shadow of what's really going on behind this. Or I say behind the scenes, but in the real world. I mean, welcome to the Matrix. You know. <laughs> right, right. Well, and you know, metaphor and symbolism activates the right side of the brain. Exactly. And, you know, the, I'm going to talk about this uh, up in Wisconsin in a few weeks, but, you know, the divided Red Sea is the installation of the corpus callosum, uh, corpus callosum between the two halves of the brain. 
<clears throat> and that separated us and allowed us to either be uh, intellectual or intuitive. But back in the day, um, before this division took place, we had a unified brain. Yeah. Where we were able to hear of you know the divine and make decisions not based on the serpent, the snake, the ego, you know. But and if you look at the story, the divided Red Sea, um, you know, red means Adam and sea means consciousness. So our consciousness was split in half, and we wandered in the wilderness where we were bit by serpents, which is the ego. And the cure was to fashion a brazen serpent and put it up on a pole. And whoever looked at it would get their healing. But what we did is we worshiped it rather than look to it yeah. and understood what it really means. So now, you know, there's evidence that the corpus callosum is thinning. Mm -hmm. And the corpus callosum is also called by the medical community, not Christianity, is called the veil. Yeah. It's the bride's veil that is rent. Yeah. That is that is complete and and the holy of holies joined yeah. with you know the two sides of the brain work in tandem, which is necessary for creation. Yes. You know, if you want to look at the story of Jesus, he said, I only do what I hear my father and what I see my father. Well, that's not a man up in heaven with a white beard. We know the father is a, is nothing but a creative principle that lies within the human being. It's the progenitor. It's the source of all things. And it's inside of us. And we can't get there. You know, the scripture that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Well, is that raising a hand and walking an aisle? And if it is, why didn't Jesus tell us to do that? No, the way is non-judgment and love. And when you practice those things, you become a vibrational match, and you have a pathway to that source of all to that yeah. genitive cre creative source that's within every human being that's the father that's the progenitor that's i mean that's that's it right there and it's not a set of rules it's not based on fear which is the opposite of love yes um, yeah so we're we're going it, places there's yeah. such an illusion of separation of them of us of you me when that is another with the pituitary and the pineal and all of that mess um there's physical reasons you know why we see each other separate um but also there are spiritual reasons why we see things with the programming and and what have you um and so you're correct like ha wade taylor who is a mentor of mine for years when he would talk about church he'd always say how can you go where we are like how do you how do you separate, you know? And, um, I, I, when I had my tr transition, you know, we had multiple kids, you know, it was traffic, you know, getting there, getting everyone ready. Everyone was fighting, you know, blah, blah, blah. We get there, do our little 20 minutes of singing, 15, 20 minutes of whatever, and then traffic and getting home and food and like go back again that night. You know, it was such a, you know, versus just being still, and having family time in the house, like eat together, maybe clean up, you know, spend some time in meditation, playing games, you know, having a community of people together, you know, just in the home or, you know, I don't know. I was getting more being than doing and going and the stress of having to be there. And what if I wasn't and the judgment of if I didn't show up at all the things and, um, I don't know. Okay, my cat is sorry about that. Um, so yeah, there's that too, um, aspect. So I totally agree on the physical. And you even talked about when people see something that they're fearful of, you know, that whole program, you know, the and the fight or flight that goes on, like, oh my gosh, I gotta talk to her and make sure she doesn't talk to her and make sure she's <laughs> saved. And you know, there's so much like fear. Yeah. Yeah fear based. And that's just, I, when my response to the guy and to anyone is just like, you know what? I love unconditionally. I am not afraid to talk to people that I maybe don't agree with or agree with, you know, and part of what our show is, is just having a lot of people who, who believe a lot of things to have an open conversation and have the courage to like, just love people no matter what. And I have some really, really good mentors that were able to ingrain that in me 
and to deconstruct, um, you know, not at the beginning, it took years, but as I changed, like Barbara said, those people started showing up in my life and, mm -hmm. and kind of being there to be like, you know, not just telling me, but showing me like I was witnessing them respond to whatever things would come their way. And they were just like, I just love you anyway. So it's, it's okay. I'm not afraid to hear your, what you believe. I'm not going to get a cootie over it. I'm not going to catch a demon over it of just like <laughs> loving you where you're at, <laughs> loving you where you are and being secure in what I believe at the same time, there's nothing wrong with having beliefs and listening to other people and what their beliefs are and just loving them anyway. But even in the social engineering of what's going on with all this stuff and politics and whatever, I mean, that's, that's what they're trying to do is divide. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's that. Um, there is another person asking a question here when she was talking about when we didn't need food, is she speaking spiritual self or physical? I can speak to sun gazing. Um, if you do sun gazing, you won't get hungry. And that is a, a, a practice that can, you can do now and you will not need to eat because the sun provides fuel for your system, your physical system. But I don't know what you were speaking to. And she's asking about you when uh, we didn't need food. Is she speaking of spiritual self or physical? Um, if you care to answer that. Well, you know, the, I think to understand that, and there are breatharians now that survive on breath and they, they talk about receiving a substance from the roof of their mouth. Um, it's the milk and honey that is excreted from the pineal. These are evolutionary steps that we will eventually experience. Um, but right now, uh, and the people that practice um, the meditation and that our breatharians, there's a lot of effort put into that. Um, I think that it's going to be with ease. Uh, I think that we will see lifetimes increase. We will see changes in our, physio in our physiology. Um, we are experiencing upgrades all the time. You know, it's, um, I hate to bring up the, the, the virus, but good Lord, with the Spanish flu, look at you know, that was 120 years ago, 110, 120 years ago. Look at the advances that we made since then. Does it come at a price? Yes. Is our DNA affected? Absolutely every time without fail. Anytime we get a cold or a virus or a bacteria, it is recorded in our DNA. So, and if you even look at some of these viruses, they are, and this is going to get woo-woo. You Not can- yeah, just be careful on saying certain words. So like if you can like mime or whatever, just so we can keep this on the channel. Okay. Um, anyway, everything's meant to be. Everything helps. There's a price, of course, in our physiology for some. Had, had a dear uh, relative uh, pass away because of that. But um, the thing is that we are being marked in our DNA and we are experiencing upgrades in our DNA all the time. Nothing is for naught. Nothing is for naught. And so um, as far as, you know, can we, are we going to be able to uh, not eat? Well, yes. Right now, having to eat, um, having to toil, that's not going to be a part of our experience several thousand years from now. We all go through this cycle and it's all in order. And even the, the plunge into the dark ages where people lived an average of 23 years an average of 23 years. That's all purposeful. That's the cycle of weeping and gnashing of teeth and outer darkness. So there's a, you know, all this to say, and to the, to the detractors out there, there is so much that you don't know that is just waiting for you to discover if you step out of your box. And, you know, the Bible says more than 600 times, fear not, be of good courage, be strengthened. You know, why would we focus so much on fear? And it's because of control. Exactly. Period. Control. Absolutely agree with that. And I think that's all of our experience is that, you know, I mean, I've had someone recently, you know, send me a, a prophetic word, which was just pure protection. <laughs> um, you know, I say prophetic word and, and I'm not offended by it. You know, I see the heart fine. That's very kind. Thank you. But it, it was like saying things about me that 
were like, I, I'm hurt about this and I'm hurt about that and I'm just not. Um, <laughs> I love when they think they know what we're thinking or feeling. Yeah. Or um, and I just think, <clears throat> you know, as as for, for me, my experience is, you know, I, I remember, you know, this this fear that like people that I loved were either going to go to hell or, you know, um, I don't know, go and live a life of sin, you know, whatever that means. Um, and and when I discovered um, the Christ that indwells all, you know, the Bible doesn't say a lot of things very clearly, but it clearly does say that the all in all. Um, and the kingdom that is within us all, it just liberated me from from all of these fears. Like there is literally nothing to worry about here. And I love what you said before, Barbara, in that, um, what did you say? That, every, um, how did you word it? That we can't lose, that's what you said. We can't lose, we can't fail this. It's, yeah. it's possible to fail. The journey that we're on is our journey. Um, and and there is no, there is no, lose here you know we, we will all get there we will all make it um and and i really appreciate you saying that <laughs> it's so true we can't get this stuff wrong mm. I, I just think everything is so much more layered than we ever could imagine and so multi-dimensional i mean even the english language and our voice as we speak um we have a guy on in the next week or the two weeks from now um, I've spoke about him in the last few episodes, uh, Dr. David, I mean, David Oates, I keep wanting to say Dr. David Oates, but he's David Oates and he has been exploring language. You know, when you speak this way, it's one way, but when he does the recording backwards, whether it's voice or music or an interview or whatever, the subconscious is speaking. And I've had several of my, um, messages done and he's worked with me and, my real self speaks backwards um, and and it can be congruent like you were talking about Barbara or it can be incongruent where you're saying one thing but your subconscious is incongruent and you're lying you know you're choosing these words but the answer is really there and, and some of it's purposeful and he can detect when people are manipulating but he can also you know see when someone's actually being pure and means what they say this way and that way um, and it's a way for us to detect even hidden illnesses in our body or patterns that are going on. If he asks a certain question, then we can reveal the answer in our subconscious. Um, so anyway, that's just an example of, you know, the Bible being layered, the language being layered, you know, all the, our voice, our DNA, the layers, the it's multidimensional. Right. And we are multidimensional and we cannot put a cap on just one linear stream and be like blind to everything else and i mean we can yeah <laughs> and people do it it's just not what i want to do it's not what i choose and i'm open to explore and to see and to learn and to feel and you know some of it is extremely painful no joke like some of the worst shit in the last six months for me um, ever and yet it's an ex it's my experience and I'm learning to navigate through that and or self-correct where needed and, um, and, and learn lessons and, and, you know, figure out what my code is radiating so I can figure out how to magnetize something differently. And, you know, that takes courage. All of this takes courage, like you said. And I just applaud you for your work, for stepping out and for your daily posts that are just full of so much um, depth and- I have to read them about three times. Yes, <laughs> yes. Me yes. too. <laughs> awesome. Yes, 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 yes. But, um, but yeah, how, we're, this is gonna be so fast. We're gonna have to have you back. Um, I think maybe, we've barely scratched the surface with you, Barbara, if, if you yes. love to have you back. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, tell me, how can people find you? Um, obviously, we talked about your Facebook page. I'm going to bring up your books again, um, and hopefully my cat won't drop them on. Whoops, now they're upside down. Uh, Escaping Christianity, Finding Christ, and you have the pearl. Um, I love that pearl analogy. And then this one, which I just started, 
musing from an ex fundamentalist. So, um, but how can people find you? Like where, where can we find your work and dive into some of the things that you're exploring? I usually, um, I use Meta or Facebook the most and it's Barbara Simons. Um, anyone can email me and anyone a PDF of the book. I, you know, I, it doesn't matter to me whether people buy it or I send a, an electronic copy. My um, email is sitegosit at gmail.com. That's S-I-T-E-G-O-S-I-T at gmail.com. And of course on Messenger, on Meta or Facebook. But I really, you know, I don't really keep up my website anymore. It's, uh, you know, they're kind of becoming a thing of the past. <laughs> Facebook is so easy. But yeah, that's how they can get a hold of me. And I, I usually, I try very hard to stay current with messages and um, communication. So. Awesome. And Craig, how do we find you, bro? Uh, yeah, I, again, I've got my Facebook page. And I, get, I keep saying this, but I've got, there are two Facebook uh, accounts out there. One of them, as I use, is I'm dressed in military gear. I use that for the Army Cadet stuff. But my actual, the one I use the most is Craig Martin Walker. Um, so I, I like, allow the friend request, but then I'll use my other account and go and friend them and pull them over to this one because that's where I muse on there. Uh, but yeah, Craig Martin Walker on Facebook. Um, check out the band Enthocentron I play drink, uh, drums for. Um, you know, I wish I had a book. Maybe I will one day. Uh, you to, will. To come out. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, find, find me there. Yeah, I'd love to meet anyone there. Awesome. Well, and you guys can find me at drcharnell.com, also swiftfire.org. I have five books, and this is my latest. Um, I love the revelation that God gave me. I see you're wearing a Merkaba. I love that. And this is my little Merkaba. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> the icosahedron. Oh, really? It's hard to say. I thought it was a Merkaba from here. Oh, it's the, yeah, yeah, I can see, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Love it. I can get. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it quartz? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quartz. Steve Hampton's on here. He's saying, you will write. I agree. I love yeah. it. And I want to give a shout out to him, to all of our members who are here with us today. Thank you so much for your support. It really means more than you could ever possibly know. Um, only $4.99 a month. It goes as as low as $4.99 a month, just a cup of coffee for all the material extra that we have and support us. Um, if you feel like that's something that you want to do to join us, we have a members meeting every month. We do giveaways. There's lots of great things. Um, and that would be in the comments as well. Our next member meeting is the 24th. And I talked about that at the beginning. Ashley Moore will be with us. And, um, but yeah, I would love to see you guys um, there for that. And of course, we are here every week. We'll be here next week, Thursday at noon central. And we look forward to having you back. Um, Barbara, I hope you come see us again soon. We'll have to set up another time and maybe talk about book two um, once I've finished reading this. And um, I know you guys all appreciate, we're getting lots of good feedback already. So, Love all of you guys for watching us. And um, thank you. We'll see you guys next time. See you soon. Bye. Bye.